Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today we are previewing the season, the 2022-2023 GHSA Boys Basketball season. Here is the preview. We're just going to touch on each classification quickly, provide some storylines, a couple teams that just missed, and uh, really just kind of put this out there just to wrap things up. If you weren't able to read the over 10,000 word preview on the preseason state rankings, which came out over a week ago, this will kind of hit on some of the high points that you missed in the preseason polls. With that being said, we will start in Class 7A. 13 teams finished in the top 10 a season ago, of course, this year. Reclassification has seen regions reshuffled. Uh, We have Class A private, Class A public no longer separated. Those two classifications have integrated into each other at the bottom of the poll. But in Class 7A, the storylines here, as it feels like every year, state championships won and lost in the offseason. It's an arms race of transfers. You saw Wheeler bring in some top-notch talent. Josh Hill, Ricky McKenzie, a 21-point-per-game scorer a season ago at Walker. Jelani Hamilton, who's already committed to play at Iowa State. That's why Wheeler's ranked number one. When you add those guys into the mix with Isaiah Collier, um, regarded as maybe the number one point guard in the entire nation. Uh, you also have Arrington Page, who committed to uh, USC over in California, a big man that has just gotten better and better and better every single year. Uh, just so much talent up and down that roster. Uh, and when you add talent to a roster that's already strong, obviously other teams in that classification have to answer McEachern. Uh, hit the trail hard. Jermichael Davis coming over from Lakeview, Fort Oglethorpe, where he was a sensational player, an all-state player that put up monster numbers. Um, J.D. Palm is regarded as a, a four- or a five-star big man from Alabama, only a sophomore, but I hear he is uh, the real deal and has a chance to become special. And Moses Hips uh, also transferred in um, from up north. And, again, that's another team. You add them into a roster that already has Ace Bailey, a five-star Six foot nine wing and a couple other good pieces there as well. McEachin's very tough. Norcross, of course, reloading, bringing in one, two, three, four. Looks like five guys. Um, most notably, Mari Jordan, who is a commit from to go to Georgia, uh, played at Decula last year, then went to Legacy Early College for a brief moment in the offseason before coming back home to Georgia. Blau Abdur Ramana, Alabama, uh, AM commit who transferred uh, from W.D. Muhammad this offseason, uh, left playing his father uh, to get some more looks, and then already commits before the season even begins. And then Toby Ojukwu, uh, another guy that is pretty highly regarded. Uh, I believe he came from uh, New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken, Roman Catholic New Jersey, a six foot two junior. So Norcross is right back in the mix, and again, Already a really strong stable of guards that were going to be back, even though London Johnson uh, has gone to the next level. Lastly, we have Burke Marr, 
They bring in, completely reload that roster. They had pretty much nothing left on the roster after all those seniors graduate, but they don't rest on their laurels. They uh, bring in Rock Lee. They bring in Eddie Cook, uh, Makai Raglan, another big man um, that is coming from uh, New Jersey, I believe, uh, Hudson Catholic. Uh, by way of DePaul Catholic, so that's a six foot nine sophomore, and then Tyson Jones, uh, who's already bounced from Clark Central, uh, was back at Evans, I believe, and now he ends up at Berkmar. And then, of course, you can't forget about Newton, who picked up five transfers as well. So, with that being said, of course, uh, it, it's going to come down to which team really gels the best and gels the quickest, and maybe not even the quickest. Maybe it's what team gels at the right time. Norcross a season ago, of course, they're always good, but um, they weren't laced up and down the roster with superstars like they've been in the past. Uh, and they had about five guys transfer out uh, heading into last year, but they came together. London Johnson was a torchbearer there, and they really meshed at the right time, and they beat Berkmar after they lost to them uh, multiple times in the season. I think three times earlier in the season they lost Berkmar, but they got the job done at the making center plug. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about a team uh, with kids that need to just mesh at the right time. So all these teams equally talented, uh, especially with some of these top teams in the state, Wheeler, McEachern, um, really, really star-powered. But I think if you're looking up and down uh, the entire state, Wheeler probably does have the most talent from tippy-top to rock-bottom. A lot of these kids, if not Pretty much all of these kids will be playing college basketball in some facet. Many of them will be playing Division I. Um, so that's why Wheeler opens up number one. And obviously they're going to have something to prove coming back up into 7A after losing in Class 6A a season ago uh, in the Elite Eight. Uh, they are going to be hungry to really prove themselves, and they have all the horses to do so. Some teams that just missed in Class 7A uh, have – Five written down. I won't go too crazy deep into each one because that's that's a lot of teams. But a couple teams I had an eye on. I had two teams in uh, Region Five who are stuck in there with Wheeler and Osborne, uh, a really tough region. But Walton was eighteen and eleven a season ago. They made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Luke Flynn is a, a firmly cemented D one guard. The junior has uh, picked up multiple offers over the offseason. Really good shooter, but has gotten so much better as becoming a playmaker and getting to the basket, and he has some help as well. Um, and Harrison Morris is a, a big guy inside that has gotten better and better each season. Caesar Burroughs is a talented sophomore, and J.P. Wells has seen big minutes as well. Um, another team, Cherokee, in that region, 16-10 and 10 a season ago, but they got their two top scores uh, back and Cameron Pope and Tayden Owens, both those guys are capable of scoring 20-plus any single night. Um, and they got some other guys. Lawrence Stamford picked up a Division One offer this offseason, a sophomore. He could really take a step forward and become that third scorer on the wing, a wiry guard, maybe about six foot three, high upside. If he's able to produce 10 to 15 points per game with those other guys that are used to scoring well beyond that, you could have a seriously a high octane backcourt that can score a lot of points. And then Dastin Hart inside at six foot five just does a lot of the dirty work. Um, you know, Cherokee doesn't have elite size, but they do have some major toughness, and Hart is the one that really sets the tone in the paint. Uh, Milton, 22 and eight a season ago. Obviously, probably a surprise for some that Milton was not in the state rankings to open up the season. 
Um, but they graduated so much. Uh, Cannon Carlisle obviously gone. LT Overton um, gone as well, uh, focusing on football. And Carlisle, of course, went pro. And Bruce Thornton at Ohio State. The list goes on and on and on. But Seth Fitzgerald comes back with the, the most experience on that roster. Um, but Milton, of course, has obviously picked up a couple other key pieces that will kind of help fill the void. Josh Dixon uh, was a freshman last year at North Cobb Christian. Uh, average over 20 points per game. He is immediately going to be asked to be one of the top scorers, if not the number one option for the team this year. Jacob Tillman, a six-foot junior, comes over from Alpharetta, who is really trending in the right direction. And then Devin Rush uh, came from Metro East Lutheran, uh, a senior guard that's about 6'3", 6'4", should play a really big role for the Eagles. And then two other teams, Parkview and that really tough Region 4 stuck with Archer, Grayson, and Newton, and even South Gwinnett. Uh, Parkview, 14-14 and 14 a season ago, but they have some serious talent, uh, and they picked up some transfers as well. Mike Matthews, a junior, is the number one football recruit in the nation at safety, but he really loves basketball, and he is just a dynamic athlete, and he has just really transformed his game into being a complete player and a real point guard, but still, at the end of the day, just an all-around athlete that can do anything. If you wanted to stick him you know, at the forward position for some crazy reason, he can go out there and out-leap others for rebounds. I remember seeing him as a freshman. I wasn't really sure what position he was because he was just out there doing a little bit of everything. He has molded his game into becoming a real point guard, and now he has some real weapons around him. Uh, Luke Strickland transfers back to Georgia from Vertical Academy. The six foot four senior is a knockdown three-point shooter. That's going to be a major weapon um, for the Panthers. And then Jacob Wilkins, uh, of course, uh, leaving Heritage Conyers for Parkview. I know he's been in that area growing up. His, um, you know, Dominique had a house uh, right in that school district, and he's he's decided to come back. And another six foot eight sophomore with super high upside. Uh, he's really good. And then Chaz Holmes has had a a good uh, off season as well. Adonis Mussey is a, a, a six foot eight big man that blocks shots. So there's really a lot of pieces for this Parkview team. And maybe if it's not this year, I know they would lose Luke Strickland, but next year for sure, if all those guys stick uh, with basketball, with Matthews really being the straw that stirs the drink, you're talking about you know Jacob Wilkins with a super high upside, uh, a lot of length, a lot of athleticism on this team. Um, there's a lot to like about Parkview this year and especially moving forward next year. And lastly, in Class 7A, one team that just missed was Mountain View, 17-11 and 11 a season ago. They're in Region 8 where they'll compete with Buford to crack into the top 10. Uh, Mountain View almost played spoiler to Grayson last year. Mountain View beat Denmark 57-56 in the first round, then lost to Grayson 63-69, a six-point loss. Um, and Mountain View has a lot back. And again, the theme with all these teams that just missed, it feels like they have really good guards. And Mountain View has really good guards. They might not be as highly touted as some of these other teams we've mentioned so far, um, but C.J. Johnson, Bronson Blair, uh, Michael White, all of these guys, juniors, all these guys know how to put points on the board. Um, That is a really good core. And I think B.J. Roy's team, the Bears, they have a shot to challenge for the region title or at least grab a top two seed. Moving on down to Class 6A, Storyline here with a classification that had just eight teams finishing their respective top ten a season ago. Uh, will anybody stop Grovetown? 
Um, they enter the season nationally ranked. They have everybody back from last year's state title team um, that was able to go 29-3. and uh, They are, a, uh, of course, a heavy favorite, and rightfully so. I'll be very interested to see how they do this year. They're definitely playing a very, very difficult schedule, so I assume they'll, they'll take a, a few losses here and there, but I don't foresee them taking any bad losses. Um, but, you know, looking at the teams that did beat them last year, Langston Hughes did clip them 63-59 a season ago, uh, midseason, uh, before falling 68-63 in the Final Four to Grovetown last year. So Langston Hughes, a team that opens up number four in the state, has proven that they can do it. And Langston Hughes, um, that's a team that did not uh, stand pat and wait around. They uh, were able to hit the transfer market hard. Uh, Christian Walthauer transferred in from New Manchester. Six foot seven, Jalen Colbert. Six foot six, Hassan Diallo. Uh, both move in from Southwest Atlanta Christian, and then Devin Smith, a five foot ten junior from Arlington Christian, is a quality shooter and scorer on the perimeter. So you're adding four more players into the mix for a team that already has uh, good talent on hand. Uh, John McQueen is a guy that I should, uh, I would assume, is going to start picking up some Division One interest and offers if he hasn't already. Um, a six foot five junior. You got Randy Latham, a, a tough guard that averaged over eight points per game. Um, so there's a lot of pieces there. So Langston Hughes, of course, again, they they beaten them a season ago. I think they can compete. Um, Alexander, again, I, on paper, you look at the length and you see well. They have a couple six 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 seven guys that can match up and big guards, but obviously they got um, you know railroaded when they played them in the Sweet Sixteen and didn't put up much of a fight. So, uh, and other than that, you know you're looking at an Etowah team, great guard play, Rex Steiner and Chase Clemens. That they're both hitting at the same time. Both those guys could put thirty points on you, um, but where they run into problems with Grovetown is Grovetown with their big guards. Um, Malik Ferguson going to uh, Georgia State is about six foot four on the perimeter. Um, they have Markel Freeman, another six foot four guard. Just a lot of length and size, and you know, you, you, when you play a team that intimidating, you can't get mentally beat when you you know walk into the gym and see them during warmups because I'm sure they can do that to a lot of teams, um, but. Edouard with their firepower, three-point shooting, then Mason Edder. That's a team that may be on a good night. But with that being said, you know, it's a, it's going to be a long uphill battle for anybody to beat Grovetown. Um, but some of those teams at the top, if they can kind of dictate their tempo and do what they want to do and hit some outside shots, they can contend. But, uh, you know, Grovetown, the, the team to beat with everybody back, uh, rightfully so, ranked number one in the state in Class 6A. Teams that just missed in Class 6A, um, obviously there's a few here, but I'm going to touch on three teams that didn't have sparkling records a season ago, but could take a jump forward. And I'm going to start with North Forsyth and Region 8, 15 and 14 a season ago. Now, Region 8 is really up for grabs. I mean, Gainesville, they have a bunch of transfers move in, but they were 5 and 18 a season ago. But they have a lot of good individual pieces. So I would not be surprised if Gainesville is able to put something special together and 
maybe maybe win the region, maybe not win the region, but at least grab a top four seed. You got Habersham Central, who got decimated by graduation and transfers, but that's still a strong team that won 15 games. Um, Shiloh, they always bring in transfers from out of state that they sneak in under the Sandy Spiel transfer list radar. They were 21-6. They lose their top four players. Don't project them to be in the top ten, but Tylus Jordan is a guy. Uh, that should have a breakout season after averaging about two points per game a season ago. But he's got D1 looks, D1 offers. Um, so that's a team that could, you know, at the end of the day, Shadlow's always going to contend for a region title. Lanier is really good with Jace Nathaniel. And, of course, Osmar Garcia transferring over from Habersham Central, getting eligible. They're going to have a ferocious front court to deal with. Uh, and that leaves North Forsyth. Why do I think North Forsyth has a chance, has a, a glimmer of hope of potentially cracking into the top 10 at some point this season? I really like what they have back. Of course, it starts with Cole Kerouac, six foot nine, junior, has high major division one offers. Uh, of course, has been surely working on his body, getting stronger over the off season. But he's starting to come into his own as being not only just a defensive stopper blocking shots, but having that strength to finish at the rim and through contact. And, of course, plays above the rim with great ease. But they have some good guards. Uh, Braden Mollis is a really good player that can really fill it up uh, and can score at multiple levels. you got uh, Braden Turner is a, about a 6'3", 6'4", wing that can space the floor, shoot it from the corners, break up any zone defenses. Will Sokol of course, is a senior guard. And um, Cal Delgadillo, uh, a senior guard who I think has really played well every time I've seen him. I think he's gotten better and better and better. So, again, other than Kerouac, this, this team doesn't have the, you know, the, the sexy names and maybe the elite athleticism that some of these other teams have, but they have some good shooters. They're experienced, and they do have a big man inside that can really change some shots. So I think North Forsyth, they could take a step forward uh, and improve on a 15-14 and 14 record a season ago uh, where they made it to the first round of the state playoffs. And mind you, uh, North Forsyth dropping down from 7A to 6A, uh, you would think that could potentially help out a little bit, even though they are in a very competitive uh, region. Next up, Woodward Academy, 15-12. and 12. Uh, We're in a really, really good region last year. Going to be in a, a okay region this year. Jonesboro is going to be the team to beat who opened up the season ranked number five in that region three. Um, but Woodward looks like this should be a, a, a strong favorite to at least be in the hunt for that two seed, if not the one seed. They got their top two players back. Brandon Peters is a junior that is just cut from metal. Um, a super strong guard, averaged 15 points per game a year ago. And then the sophomore Deke Cooper, about six foot five, six foot six, ten points, six rebounds per game, has gotten D one interest. Uh, if those two guys can continue to elevate their play, and if they can get some help around them, uh, I could see Woodward Academy really improving on a fifteen and twelve record a season ago, and maybe even flirting with twenty wins. Uh, looking at the region and who they can, you know, kind of beat up on here and there. And lastly, in Region Five. That's going to be anchored by number two, Alexander, number four, Langston Hughes. Uh, even Paulding County is in there at number nine, South Paulding. They've been waiting for this team to become seniors. It's really okay. Put up or shut up time. South Paulding, 14 and 13 a season ago. These guys are super experienced. These guys have been playing huge minutes, and a lot of these guys even starting since their sophomore season. Jeremiah Taylor is one of the best guards in that 
west of Atlanta area does not get as much credit as he deserves. Really good rebounder from the guard position, slashes to the basket. Um, you got a guy like uh, Geo Harris as a uh, – or Randy Harris, pardon me. Randy Harris, a good guard that is uh, more of an off guard, but is a playmaker as well. Uh, good when he gets to the basket and can hit some open shots. Geo Thomas, if uh, he can stay focused, he's a, a really springy 6'4", six, 6'5", six forward. Uh, and then Andrew Levine, the junior, is really the one to keep your eye on as far as taking the next step. He really emerged as a sophomore as being a, a steady perimeter scorer. He's probably their most well-balanced scorer, a guy that can both get to the basket but can really light it up from the three-point line and the mid-range. So South Paulding uh, in a really tough region, but these guys are all seniors. Again, it's now or never. Um, for this 2023 class to really put their stamp on this program and get South Paulding back into the postseason and possibly um, with, a, with a good enough seed get back into this Sweet 16 where it has been a, uh, a good amount of time now uh, since they last made a little bit of noise in the state playoffs. Now we move on to Class 5A. Ten teams finished in the top ten a season ago with this newly shuffled uh, classification and two storylines here. We'll start with number one, Kell. Uh, Kell, they have never won a state title. Um, if this year is not the year, I would be uh, a bit surprised. Definitely next year with their really talented junior class that will be seniors uh, next year, uh, even a stronger favorite. But Kell, um, what you're looking at here is a, a team with a 7A roster, that played in Class 6A a year ago, and now they dropped down to Class 5A. Again, Kel uh, picked up some big transfers in the offseason. You know, Peyton Marshall coming over from Norcross a season ago, the seven-footer really exploded as a high major uh, recruit. It's just so difficult to handle with just his raw size and his capable skill inside. But you add around him two private school Pick up C.J. Brown, who has high major offers, a six foot two guard that averaged twenty points and ten rebounds at Walker a year ago, and then six foot six Cannon Richards, another junior. He comes from Whitfield Academy. I first saw him maybe two years ago, and I said, "Wow, this kid has some some serious tools, the length, the athleticism." And didn't really hear too much about him since. And now, obviously, he had a good season last year, and he's about to blow up at Kell. Uh, just very versatile at that 3-4 spot and can really do a lot of damage from the high post. So you have some great length, great athleticism. Kell already has uh, some good talent. Uh, aside from Marshall, who's already in the mix, uh, Aaron Smith is going to Alabama A&M, a 6'5 forward. Um, you got Connor Stafflaris, probably mispronounced that, but a knockdown three-point shooter. You got Cologne as well at the guard position. So this team is stacked to the gills, especially in that classification. Kill um, is a solid favorite to win, even though they'll have to get through defending state champ Tri-Cities, who, again, picked up a lot of new players in the offseason and has really good guard play, led by Corey Mincy, a Presbyterian commit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Malik Johnson moved in after averaging about 30 points per game at Our Lady of Mercy. Uh, Kendon Wilberg is a senior. Noriko Daniel is a senior. So a lot of pieces at Tri-Cities. But Kell, definitely from the size to the guard play, they have a lot of boxes checked. 
And another question I have in Class 5A is how does Eagles Landing replace A.J. Barnes? He meant so much to this program at the forward position, about 6'5", but really was a, a, a tremendous athlete, rebounded so well, was that running mate with David Thomas, who's going to be going to Mercer after this season, uh, was electric in transition, uh, just really was a workhorse. And Eagles Land had graduated some other good players. Jordan Fordyce uh, was a really key piece as well, um, even though they lost in the state title game a season ago. But you're looking at David Thomas. He is definitely going to be the guy this year. But the development of Kenneth the Bray Boy, a six foot six forward, uh, Chris Morris, Tylen Redman, uh, Kyla McKinney is an experienced senior. Guys like that are going to have to play big roles. And I think the addition of Clark Maston, a junior from Salem, um, will be very important just to kind of take some of that ball handling uh, burden off of David Thomas's shoulders, let him play off the ball a little bit more, give him uh, some more catch-and-shoot opportunity so he doesn't have to create so much off the dribble. I think that could really benefit Eagles landing. Um, but again, up front, you're looking for Kenny Brayboy to really kind of fill in that gap that A.J. Barnes left behind. I don't think he's going to do it scoring, but he can do it defensively and certainly on the glass with his rebounding. Now, I have three teams that just missed in Class 5A. First two are out of Region 2, uh, Union Grove, 12 and 15. I saw them a lot at my fall league. Uh, very impressed with them. That is a team that plays super hard. They have uh, smaller guards, but they have a lot of six foot four, six foot five wings and forwards that really get after you and bring the fight to you. Eight of their top nine players are back. Uh, Chance Whitfield led the team in scoring at about 11 points per game, and Caleb Johnson about 10 points per game. But I really see this offense shifting towards focusing on the forwards. Niall King. Uh, should have a breakout season after averaging four points per game uh, a season ago. Tony Colley, who did not play last year, is about six foot three. Can again knock down the outside shot, but again is a very aggressive slasher and will help out on the glass and defensively. He's going to make a huge impact. Caleb Samples, I loved him in the fall league. Um, a sophomore, about six foot five. Again, another inside out wing forward type player so i got a lot of guys that kind of do a similar type deal um but one player that really sets the tone with their toughness is eric garcia um about six foot three undersized four but he attacks the backboards he goes after it seven and a half points and six rebounds per game really relentless and i think just the overall toughness and the quality athleticism with constant six foot four six foot five size up and down the front line i really like union grove if they can survive a tough region, too, where you see Dutchtown, Eagles Landing, Warner Robins is good, and this next team I'm going to talk about, Jones County, uh, if they can get into the state playoffs, they're going to be a tough team to play. And Jones County, I, I have them in the rankings, or just outside the rankings, at 15 and 10. Uh, they lose three through five as far as their scores go, but they do return um, – uh, Jalen Sanford, who averaged over 18 points per game. Dathan Harris, coach's son, 12 points per game, a very senior veteran guard. And then Judd Anderson, I know he transferred in more so for football probably from Ridgeland, uh, but six foot six. if he's playing this year, he averaged 19 points, 16 rebounds, and two blocks per game. Now, he was doing that against uh, not a necessarily super great region, 
Uh, but a sturdy, solid big man like that, if he can replicate those numbers or at least get anywhere close to that, if he can give them 12 points and 10 rebounds, uh, Buck Harris will be very, very happy. I think Jones County is going to be a tough, tough team to play against. And again, I feel like it's just going to be a dogfight night in and night out in Region 2, which is going to be paced by number three, Eagles Landing. And then you have Dutchtown, who came in at number nine to open up the season. And lastly, Lithonia, they always find a way to win games. 21-9 a season ago, uh, made it to the Sweet 16. They lose their top score and their third best score, but Caleb Taylor is supposed to be back, average close to 10 points per game. Josh Daniels, Deshaun Vassar moves in from Miller Grove, should provide some scoring on the perimeter, and then Chase Lawrence as well. Those are four names to keep an eye on, all four of those guys being seniors. So Coach Marion has a very experienced group, and I think Lithonia, uh, they can compete with Tucker. Tucker ranked fifth in the state to open up the season. I think that is going to be Tucker's toughest competition is Lithonia. I think Lithonia can beat up on the rest of that region, and then you never know. They might be able to clip Tucker, but the Bulldogs always a very good program, very tough, and we'll have something to say come leap into February. In Class 4A, eight teams made the top 10 last year, or finishing the top 10. Uh, Region 5, very, 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 very tough. Region 5 has number one McDonough, number two Pace Academy, throw in number five Lovett, and then number eight Woodland Stockbridge. That is a tough region right there. Um, It's going to be challenging for anybody else, for Hampton, for Luella, for Mount Zion, Stockbridge is a team with the best chance of cracking into that. But it feels like those four teams should be safe in saying they will be playing in the state playoffs. Um, very, very tough. I mean, you look at Lovett. Uh, actually, we'll start with McDonough at number one. Lost in the Final Four a season ago. They had the Class 4A, reigning Class 4A Player of the Year back in day beyond Thomas. Average over 17 points per game. Such a good guard. Amon McDowell, a senior as well, 14 points per game. They have a lot of pieces. Avante Nichols has really improved as well. Uh, A major freak athlete. And then Nigel Thomas, of course, is coming on. Coming on strong if he's able to kind of reach that peak and stay healthy as a 6'6", 6'7", swingman. Uh, That's something that McDonough didn't really have to – lean on last year he was he was far down in the rotation but he's really a guy that can emerge and provide some more length and dynamic scoring on the perimeter for coach bj thomas um then you go to number two pace academy of course hurt with uh bryson tiller going pro of course graduation of josh reed was huge um but you do have kyle green who's regarded as a high major guard uh Probably going to have to pick up the scoring just a little bit. Average over eight points per game, six and a half assists per game. Uh, I think him and LJ Moore are really going to up their play and become truly some of the best players in that classification. Moore, I just love how tough he is. Um, just a rugged rebounder at about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, forward. Will do the dirty work. Average seven points and close to six rebounds per game. Um, but the other guys to look at, Eric Chatfield, uh, a sophomore guard scored five points per game. Jackson Ferry had Division One offers this offseason uh, as a, a, a large, uh, about 6'3", 6'4", shooter on the perimeter. Um, 
So Pace Academy, they're always going to be in the mix. And then MJ Madison, a freshman who should probably crack the rotation and provide some help with uh, some versatility as well. Um, next up, you're looking at number five, Lovett. They have probably the, the best pound-for-pound score in the state. Closest thing to Steph Curry as we have in the high school game uh, with Christian Anderson going to Michigan, the junior, about five foot ten maybe, but averaged over 30 points per game, uh, made over 100 threes a season ago. We'll just light it up from deep. Um, but the, the other key piece around him, Kyle Walters, six foot four, swing man, close to 17 points and nine rebounds per game. And then Cameron Foster Martez provides such versatility on defense, so strong, so physical, just looks like a true football player out there. Uh, average over five points and five rebounds a game. So they have only one senior graduated from last year's team. Everyone else is back for Love It. Um, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Edu Pignanti averaged over eight points per game. So everyone's back for Love It. They're good. They just have to figure out how do we win if teams throw junk defenses at Christian Anderson and really try to take the ball and keep it out of his hands. Uh, I think they're going to be able to win a good chunk of games this year. And all these players are very experienced now playing alongside such a great score in Christian Anderson. And last team in that region, Woodland Stockbridge, new coaching staff coming in. Uh, they're 24-6 and six a season ago. The Elite Eight run. Uh, Dwight Calloway moves in from Mundy's Mill. They lose a couple of their top scorers, but Mason Lewis is their top dog coming back. Averaged 14 points per game. He's a junior. He's about six foot four on the wing. He's going to have to play really big for them. And Kyrie Brown as well, close to seven points per game. Uh, Woodland Stockbridge again, new coach, going to have to kind of get adjusted to a new system and a new way of doing things. But I know they're going to have some athletes and they're going to have some talented scores with Mason Lewis really being the bell cow as far as leading the team in scoring and getting a lot of shots. Teams that just missed in Class 4A, uh, we've got two teams from Region 8. Walnut Grove, 23-6 and six a season ago, drops down from Class 5A. And then North Oconee, 21-9 and nine last year, made it to the Sweet 16. Uh, Walnut Grove, a Sweet 16 team in uh, Class 5A last year. Um, a different roster, but their guards are a year older now. Marcus Smart or Marcus Smith, now a sophomore. He a uh, really good ball handler last year. And then Tyler Jules, a junior, uh, really came on strong as an outside shooter, three-point shooter. Um, has proven to be a tough, tough score, especially with his ability to score it off the dribble. Um, you add in Destin Christian, who moved in from Grayson, is going to play a enormous role for Walnut Grove this year. Uh, he was really strong in the offseason scoring the ball. Um, he's going to be a guy that should probably be an all-region pick from everybody I've talked to. I think he's just going to be a battering ram down low. And then Alex Cannon, uh, 6'8", should be much improved, at least out there to block shots and clean up misses. So Walnut Grove... Uh, tough up front and then tough in the backcourt with those two young guards. And North Oconee, they have a, uh, a good chunk back. Um, they lose Brody Scott, who's going to be a huge loss just with everything he did on the glass and his ability to get to the basket and his toughness. But Jake Chandler, if he can have his head screwed on straight, that's always a key not to get too frustrated and not let his emotions get the best of him. He's one of the very best shooters in the entire state. When he's locked in, uh, he can take over games with his outside shot. Uh, Carter uh, 
Bird Carter is is a, a very good guard as well. Um, has really improved his uh, scoring in the offseason. I really liked what I saw from him at the Georgia College camp. I think he's taking the next step forward. And I got a couple other pieces as well, but the freshman Kamari Brooks is a guy that you should keep an eye on. I know that Coach Rasmussen is very high on his upside. Next up, another team is, uh, you know, we go from Region 8 to Region 3 now. Burke County, 18-10 and 10, a year ago, made it to the Elite Eight. That was a pretty favorable draw on that, I want to say, the bottom right-hand side of the bracket. Um, but they had their top two guys presumably back, both seniors. Um, in Takavian Hears, averaged 12 points per game, and another senior in uh, Kinte Gross, about 11.6 rebounds and one block per game. Uh, they lose some important pieces around those two, so they might be a little farther off than I think. But when you do return your top two players and you're in a, a, a what seemingly looks like a, a fairly winnable region, I think a lot of these teams feel like they can win the region in Region 3. Uh, they should have a chance uh, to rack up some Ws and potentially crack a top 10 or at least get a top two seed going into the state tournament. And the other team I had in that region, Three is Benedictine's Sweet 16 team a season ago. They lose their second and fifth top fifth score. Um, but Caleb Jones is a sophomore now, averaged over 11 points per game. Uh, Makai Hampton, eight points per game. And LaDon Bryant, seven points per game. So they have a lot of their top scoring uh, back. And Caleb Jones, if he's able to continue to progress, I know he's a really good shooter. He can fill up some, fill up some points and do so on the perimeter, kind of loosen things up for his teammates to get slashes to the basket, I think Benedictine has a chance to kind of surprise some people and have a really good season. We now move down to Class 3A, which had nine teams finish in the top ten a season ago. I expect many fluctuations in this poll. This is a, I I guess you could say, top-heavy poll. I don't know if the top is necessarily all that heavy, but it's just going to be a lot of moving pieces. Sandy Creek and Cross Creek, it feels like those two teams, um, they've just traditionally been able to get the job done. I think Johnson is also a a, a good team, but um, I don't know. It's going to take a lot of teams to really rise up to the occasion for some players to really step their game up other than Sandy Creek. And Cross Creek, I don't know if these teams have top-to-bottom state championship-level rosters, but it remains to be seen. I think storyline for me, obviously, is what will it take for Sandy Creek to win? I mean, they're there every single year. They have the best roster in the classification every single year, and they just do not win when it matters in the state tournament. Um, And with that being said, I never learned my lesson because I always put the team, which I feel like has the most talent, uh, as number one preseason. And Sandy Creek is that team that I'm going with yet again as far as at least opening the poll ranked number one. Um, We just have a a veteran team. You know, Micah Smith's really, really good at six foot seven. Amari Brown uh, is another super uh, junior that is going to be a, a very good uh, player that should probably draw some Division One interest sooner rather than later. Vic Newsom is a six foot one guard that was a first team All Region pick that can score the ball. They have a lot of depth at the guard position. Uh, a couple kids that are multi sport standouts like PJ Green that play a big role. 
Um, there's just so much there to choose from, and they're in a four-team region, a bad four-team region. You see Carver Atlanta was a 9 and 13 last year, Cedar Grove 4 and 16, Douglas 5 and 17. Uh, Sandy Creek has been used to playing in a really tough region. Uh, you know, last year you'd have like Salem in there and GAC, uh, so on and so forth. So Sandy Creek, uh, they're going to go undefeated in this region, or at least they very well should. And then the season starts in uh, February, and everything else, nothing else matters. What they do, they could come in with an undefeated record, but it all comes down to what they can do in the state tournament. Uh, and they fell flat last year in the Sweet 16, um, lost to Windsor Force, only scored 37 points, lost 47-37, and, and did so at home, which is just really, really uh, not good. But this team, again, I feel like what will it take for them to win? Just play up to their potential. Just do what they probably have going to be doing all season long. They're going to rack up a ton of wins. Just get the job done. They're all upperclassmen now. Um, I would say there's no pressure on them to win, but there obviously is uh, since they just haven't been able to do so. But Sandy Creek, it's just all about focusing on the end goal. Even if they take some losses in the regular season, the end goal is the goal, and the end goal is finally to win a state title. And um, that's all that matters now at this point. They just have way too much talent on this roster to not um, get the job done, um, but it is much so easier said than done. And my next question I have in this classification is, can you count out Cross Creek? Two-time defending state champs. They always love to rebuild this team in the offseason with transfers. They picked up three more. And Dekel Hobbs, who averaged 15 points per game from Jefferson County. I. San Anthony averaged seven points a game at Burke County. And then Quabon Henry is another transfer that moves in as well. So Cross Creek, uh, you know, transfers played a big role last year. And they're going to play another big role this year. They also add Kylan Clark, a six foot two guard from Butler as well. Um, so Cross Creek, uh, they're starting to suck up some talent in that area. They graduate seven seniors from last year's team. That's why I can't have them rank number one to open up because common uh, knowledge, common uh, you know what what makes sense is if you lose seven seniors and you lose your top score, your second best score, your fourth leading score, your sixth leading score, your seventh leading score, you should not be as good as the year. Uh, prior, um, but Antoine Lork is really good. He's been a big game player, six foot seven four. That should have more recruitment. Based on his Twitter account, he doesn't have a ton going on, which is surprising. But he's really good. And then uh, Dontrell Smith is an experienced uh, backcourt member, seven points per game. Uh, I think Cross Creek ranked number two with seven seniors gone. That's pretty good. But I feel like uh, you know a lot of this for. Everybody, I feel like everyone feels like they have a legitimate shot at winning in Class 3A this year just because there is not one true juggernaut team other than maybe Sandy Creek as far as next-level Division One talent goes. But you're looking 3 through 10. It's really anybody's ball game. Um, I just don't know what the rest of the state's going to look like. How big is the gap between 1 and 2 and the rest of the class? I think on paper um, it, it's – fairly large especially if you're going with sandy creek at that number one but sandy creek and cross creek i think rightfully so they're above everybody else but some of these teams do have great individual talents that can take the next step and automatically lead their team 
to the next level with Johnson. You have Antonio Baker, who has a Division One offer from Kennesaw State, average over 19 points per game. He's a tremendous player. Beatesh Shamari Huey uh, as well. He's a you know a do everything star that stuffs the s- stat sheet. Um, Thomasville coming in at number five. They hurt a lot with Harris Jackson transferring out. So I don't know if that really uh you know I think that really puts a damper on you know their their ceiling. Um, but A.J. Dent is a quality forward. Monroe, they lose. Dominic Henderson, that's a huge blow. Um, and really just looking up and down the rest of this top ten, it's going to have to come down to guys really taking the next step forward and becoming the man and leading. Um, the only teams I see that had that one-star player that could kind of carry their team to the promised land right now are those top four teams in Sandy Creek, Cross Creek, Johnson, and Beach. And the rest, they kind of got to figure out, do we have a star player or is it going to be by a committee approach and what we do with our defense and just kind of picking up where the other player leaves off. So it's going to be an interesting classification uh, with that being said as far as who can make it to making Sandy Creek and Cross Creek. Got to see how the regions line up as far as in the state tournament, but uh, both those teams – should probably win their region, I would think. Um, Cross Creek in Region 4 and Sandy Creek a no-brainer and no-doubter in Region 5. Teams that just missed in Class 3A, three schools. I'll give you Savannah Country Day, 13 and 13 in Region 3 that we just mentioned. They have their top two players back and five and six are back as well. Scores, Timo Moeller, six foot six. 14 points, 12 rebounds, almost two blocks per game. Is going to be a junior now. Uh, Robert Spalding, another junior, a big guard, wing type player, 13.6 rebounds. So you have two good players. They're going to be playing in a much different classification now. They're not an A private anymore, so they're going to be seeing a lot more, um, you know, a much different brand of basketball per se. Uh, so they'll be challenged, but they do have two solid pieces to build around moving forward. So that's a sleeper team that maybe if it clicks, they could get a, a top three spot, uh, a three or four seed coming out of that region and you know take a run. Uh, another team I'm looking at is Oconee County in Region 8, 18 and 10. Of course, they lose uh, Zach Oxley, who was uh, such a great player for them. Going to be at Piedmont this year. Um, really good score, really good shooter. And, you know, Oconee County is always going to be able to fill it up um, with their three-point shot. His brother Trevor is a senior now. Um, you have guys like Noah Hutchinson, who was great at my camp in March, a 6'5", four that can space the floor and shoot the three. Um, they have David Batts back as a senior as well, Logan Hawkaday. So Oconee County is going to be tough just because they shoot the ball so well and they can space you out really, really, really efficiently. And the last team I have on my list that just missed making the top 10, White County in Region 7. I, they graduate a lot, uh, but they do have their star back in Jaden Ye. And we were talking about earlier about what teams in this classification have a star player that can just rise to the occasion and lift everybody around them to you know new heights. Um, Jaden Ye is a player that can definitely do that. Average over 20 points, six rebounds, close to four assists, and two steals per game. Shot 44% from three. Um, 
Of course, White County uh, pulled an upset last year in the first round of state, knocked off Salem, so they showed that they can do it, and then they almost beat Beach in the second round. Uh, but it all comes down to what does Jaden Ye have around him. Uh, Dawson Bailey is an experienced senior guard, and then Noah Futch at about six foot five inside. Those two guys will have to be key, 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 key around Jaden Ye for White County to replicate that 18-win season ago and um, really be able to make it into the Sweet 16 and make some noise. But when you have a star player on your roster, you always have a chance. Now let's drop down into Class 2A, which I think is the most competitive classification in the state, possibly with 14 teams that finished in their respective top 10 a season ago. It is a deep top 10 in Class 2A. You have three state champions that are in this classification, and we'll give a quick outlook on each of them. Number one, Westside opens up atop the heap. They won Class 2A a season ago. They have everybody back. They have all their starters back from last year's team. Um, they are really good. Kalon Hudson averaged over 17 points and eight rebounds per game, six foot five wing forward type player. Um, Alexis Ewing is a freak athlete, averaged 16 points per game, five rebounds. Amari Tillman, 15 points per game. Uh, and then DeMarco Middleton was a, a, that, that fourth scoring option at over eight points per game. So you have three big-time seniors back, a good junior guard in Middleton, and then they even pick up a six foot six junior in Bobby Blackwell, who averaged 11 points and nine rebounds per game at Westminster Augusta. They have pretty much everybody back. This Westside team is loaded. They are ready to rock and roll. Um, it's going to be tough because they're going to see some different challenges this year. Um, and we'll talk about a, another state championship team that just provides a different brand of basketball uh, as far as their aggressiveness and just length and go, go, go. Um, but Westside Augusta is very, very tough, and they're going to have to earn it this year in a super difficult classification. But even in their own region, Region 4, which has number one Westside Augusta, they also have number three Thompson. They have number six Putnam County and number 10 Butler. That region is the region to keep an eye on. That could be the region that really determines who wins a state title as far as what seed goes where in the state tournament bracket. But region four is the region in class 2A and Westside Augusta is the team to beat. Another state championship winning team is Spencer. They opened the season ranked number two. They dropped down from Class 4A, and from all accounts, it's been a quiet offseason for Spencer. They've really been known for bringing in transfers left and right, really you know, built up this program quickly uh, with a, a plethora of new faces. But from everything uh, I've been able to gather, it sounds like they're, they're staying intact and you know put with what they have. And, you know, I, I don't blame them for that because this team has a ton back. Only four seniors graduate from a team that played pretty much everybody last year. Um, Tyson McDaniel, six foot seven, a D1 uh, wing forward um, prospect, averaged 17 points, eight rebounds, three steals, three blocks. Um, just a game changer with his length and athleticism. You got Tony Montgomery, a sophomore that can really score the ball. Y.D. Scott, senior, another guy that is really prone to putting points on the board. 
uh, quick little guard. Vashawn Moody is just a powerful, put him any position because he's so big and bulky. Can play on the wing, can play at the guard, can play inside at the forward position. Uh, just a piece that you can move everywhere. Jalen Drake is 6'7", uh, well over 240 pounds. He's a big body. Antonio Cochran, again, getting the job done on the football field and on the basketball court. Ryan Mobley is another guy that is very experienced and uh, a guy that impressed me at a camp down in Albany uh, recently. Um, so these guys, uh, they got pretty much everybody back, like I said. Spencer's defending state champ, and the way they press, now they get after you. Now they do have a new head coach um, this year, and Abraham Holloway steps in for Quintavious Allen, who left. But if Eric Allen's still in the mix, he's going to have a big influence on this program, as he has in years past. Um, but no, if they're going to continue to play how they do, they press a lot, they get after you, they shuffle guys in like it's a hockey game, and they stay fresh, and they just overwhelm you with their size and quickness and athleticism. Uh, Spencer is going to be a force once again in this classification, and they should just beat the brakes off of every team in their region, Region 2, an eight-team region, which, uh, you know, Northeast Macon, they were 21-10 and 10 last year, but they lose um, – Pretty much everybody off that roster, out of their six players, their only top six players, they only return one of their top six players, and that was their fourth leading scorer. So I don't see anybody coming close to competing with Spencer in Region 2. And then the last state championship team, Drew Charter. Controversial state champion, but nonetheless the state champ out of Class A public. They definitely earned their way there. Another team that has a new head coach in Kenyatta Bennett who slides over a chair. After Samir St. Clair left for Clark Atlanta, Drew Charter, Class A Public State Champs, number seven in the state, 31-1 a season ago. Again, they graduate a lot. Uh, Jacoby Strozer is gone, uh, but said Taylor was really the guy that kind of carried them throughout the postseason with his scoring and more so his defense. So long, six foot six, should have a lot more offers than he does. Just a versatile Swiss Army knife is the word I always use to describe him. Will step outside, shoot the three, can attack from the high post, can get to the basket. But like I said, his defense is what really anchors his true charter team. Uh, and they got some experienced seniors as well. Uh, that will have to play much bigger roles, especially in the backcourt. Um, Israel Meggett has been there for a long time. Makai Reed as well is another senior. Uh, Kenyatta Bennett, a uh, two junior, should see a, a big uh, step up in his production after he did have a pretty strong year last year. Uh, came on strong down the stretch. But the key piece here, alongside said Taylor, is the addition of Elijah Fisher from Paulding County. Average close to 16 points per game playing in Class 6A. He's going to bring uh, a scoring jolt similar to what Cameron Johnson did a season ago who came in and was really clutch in the state tournament for Drew Charter. He's going to help replace that scoring burden. Um, so Taylor and Elijah Fisher and then probably Bennett looks like a, a logical pick to maybe be that third score for Drew Charter. But it's a much different landscape now. It's going to be very, very difficult, especially when they graduate so much from last year's team. But Drew Charter, uh, I wouldn't count them out just yet because I do think they do have a dynamic duo in this classification. As far as teams that just missed uh, Tattnall County in Region 3, who I will be hosting at the Sandy Spill Shootout on 1217 at Monroe area. 
19-7 a season ago. They lose only two of their top eight players. I saw them get beat by Johnson Savannah in the opening round of the state playoffs last year when they were up in 3A. Uh, wasn't pretty. They, they were down 15 to 20 points pretty much the entire game. But they do return a co-region player of the year and senior Nook Pridgen, uh, a, a little guard that can do some things off the dribble and can create for others. Um, got a couple other pieces, Aaron Proctor, Jeremiah Maynard, Shavar Carter, who I thought played really tough, played bigger than his size when I watched him against Johnson. So they have a ton back, and uh, you know they're going to have a first-year head coach and, and Quayshawn Davis, who is trying to uh, you know keep this team going in the right direction. And you know they had a, a longtime head coach that just recently stepped down over at Tattnall County, and um, it's it's a proud program. It's a very proud program that has uh, won a lot of games over the years and now they got some new blood and coach davis taking over as the head coach and i know the players are going to be very excited um to play for him uh so i think battle creek they're going to have an opportunity to win some games again they're in an interesting region three uh where you're looking at windsor force they're going to be probably pretty tough but they graduate their starting five from the championship game so Windsor Forest they lose a ton Vidalia who was 27 and 2 last year they lose their top three players uh including their leading score uh the rest of that region Appling County 4 and 15 Brantley County 12 and 15 Pierce was 8 and 19 Toombs was 8 and 21 so Tattnall County uh they should be firmly entrenched in that top three and it really just depends on where they land would not be a shock at all if they did capture that that region championship because they do have the most cohesion and chemistry coming back um but it will be it will be interesting to see what they do against a tough you know Windsor Forest team that you know they did make it a deep run a season ago and they feel like they have some unfinished business but Tattnall County is a team that just missed and I think if they get off to a, a quick start when their first three or four games they could pop into the top 10 pretty quickly and one last team that I think they might be a year away um, but in Region 8 I think Union County is a sneaky Good up and coming team, twelve and fourteen a season ago, made it to the state tournament as the uh, two seed, I believe, after they lost to Raven County. Um, they lose their top three scores, but they have two really good sophomore guards and Jude Ellis and Houston Henry that have played at a high level uh, this off season and travel ball. And then Eli Underwood is a six foot four post presence that should be their double double guy this year. That's a nice nucleus. They're in Region Eight with Athens Academy. Uh, who won five games last year, but probably has the best player in the region in Camille Williams. Banks County is still rebuilding off a nine and twenty season. East Jackson one and twenty two. Fellowship was three and twenty two, and then Providence Christian nineteen and nine last year made it to the Sweet Sixteen, but they lose uh, their top three players, but do have Devin Long, who is really. Uh, getting better and better each day so it's going to be tough I don't know if Union County is even going to win this region uh, but I think they're going to be in the mix and if those sophomores especially in the backcourt can really uh, take the next step and continue to improve 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 um, Union County could be a team that makes it into the state tournament and could be a tough team to see in the first round depending on matchup into the 1A's we go now we start with class 1A division 1 which is a mishmash of 2A schools, 1A private schools, and a few Class A public schools from last year. So seven teams that finished in the top 10 a season ago are in here. And uh, 
the question I have is, will private schools dominate? You just look at the top three. You see number one, Kings Ridge, number two, Mount Vernon, number three, Mount Bethel. Mind you, all three of those teams are in the same region, region six, and same sub-region, sub-region A. Uh, go one, two, three to open up the year. You also have Paideia, who opened up the season number five in that same region, but in sub-region B. Uh, Darlington is in region seven. They are ranked sixth in the state. Uh, Tallulah Falls, another private school, ranked eighth in the state in Region 8. Um, so you have six teams ranked out of the top ten that are private schools, and will they just have their way with the public schools? It's going to be um, something to track. I, I, I feel like the private schools definitely have the, the, the advantage here just it's they're able to bring in more kids. It's just kind of different. They're in uh, nice areas as far as uh, uh, you know near bigger cities, I guess you could say. Uh, so they have more of a pool to kind of draw from, and they're they're out there more. They just have more resources. It's tough when you get to some of these rural areas down south. It's just you know they're not twenty five minutes away from Lake Point to play elite level travel basketball every weekend it's that's a three-hour drive four-hour drive for some of these schools so it's just really difficult to get that proper um skill development in the off season uh you know as as easily as it is in the metro atlanta area where it's all at your fingertips sometimes you kind of have to go out there and kind of find it in some of these areas um but yeah, private schools, I feel like a private school is definitely going to win this classification. If a private school didn't, you know, I think social circles really, really tough, but they just don't have all the weapons they had a season ago. But I still think social circle will be one of the better public schools in this classification, if not the best. But when it comes down to a state championship team, uh, it's hard to see it not coming out of region six. And as far as teams that just missed that cut in the top 10, uh, another uh, Region 6 sub-Region A team is Mount Pisgah. Mount Pisgah was 21-7 a season ago. Um, they lost in the first round. Uh, Micah Tucker is back, a sophomore that averaged 20 points, four rebounds, six assists, and two steals per game. Was the uh, Class A private freshman of the year i think he's a a star guard that can just really lift that team to new heights uh, we have a junior in max tucker that is supposed to be back as well and grant randall moves in from mcdonough that should provide some from size as well for mount pisca but it's all going to start and stop with micah tucker and micah tucker is more than capable of taking over games and just willing mount pisca to victory also we have up in class or region three. Uh, how about Bryan County? Twenty and seven last season. I don't even know if they ever cracked the top ten last year because um, they weren't in a, a, a super region. I don't think, but they do have their top four players back. The offensive player of the year was Elijah Mincy, who's only a sophomore now. He's a, a little guard, maybe about five eight, five nine or so, um, but he can explode. He had. I know at least one game where he scored over 40 points. So he's a high, high-level scorer, going to pour uh, in a lot of points, is a, a dangerous, dangerous scorer. Um, but he has help around him, too, when you have your top four players back. Jamal Campbell, Tanner Ellis, and Deontay Bowers are all supposed to be back as well. Um, so Bryan County and Region 3 
where you're competing against Claxton, who was 5-16 and 16 last year. Metter was 13-11. and 11. Savannah, who could be a serious threat, 8-15 and 15 last year. But remind you, they were in uh, Class 3A a season ago, and they do have their top five players back. So Savannah could be a team that makes some serious noise coming off an 8-15 season. Um, Screven County was 9-14, and 14, and then Woodville Tompkins made it to the Class 2A Final Four a season ago at 18-11. and 11. And um, they lose only two of their top five players. But I think Bryan County possibly two or a three seed. And if they play really well, they could maybe crack into the top ten at some point. And a real dark horse here in Region 8, uh, a region that is going to be really open for anyone outside of Tallulah Falls, who should be the favorite. But I think a lot of these teams could have a chance to make some noise as far as uh, upsetting each other in the region tournament. Athens Christian, they were 14-7 last year in Class A private. Three of their top four are supposed to be back. They have a senior guard named Drew Beadle, a really good uh, shooter uh, that can light it up from deep. Uh, Hampton Ford, DJ Walker, these guys are supposed to be back. They're they're small team. They're All those guys just listed are all guards listed as under six foot tall. But I think Athens Christian, if they can gel uh, with a lot of upperclassmen, Beetle leading the way, and if they can hit those outside shots, I think Athens Christian could be a team that um, wins a, a good chunk of games in that region eight and uh, maybe even get into the top ten at some point. We now finish up with Class 1A Division Two. Nine teams made it into the top ten to finish the year last year. Practically Class A public, but with a sprinkling of a, um, private schools, Green Force, Opens up number one as one of those private schools. They should probably win the entire thing. D1 big men, Guy Chol going to Mississippi State, seven-footer, DK Manuel, close to seven-foot going to Georgia State. Um, if they're, they, I mean, they don't necessarily have the high-end guard play as they have in, past, in the past, but they still do have solid guards. And if they're just at least average, which is – you know, easy for them to surpass. Uh, Green Forest should really run away with this classification. It feels like um, they're just too big and just too too long, and just going to be way too battle tested. And just something that a lot of these these public schools just have never seen before. Multiple seven footers in Class A public. That that's something they just don't see, and it's going to be very difficult to replicate. Uh, another team I want to touch on is Calhoun County, number seven. In the state to open up the season, 26-1 and one a season ago. Lost in the Elite Eight at home to Social Circle, a game that I was at. Um, I think they're in a good position. They the graduate, they're two top scorers that probably average close to 40-plus points per game. So when you lose that much firepower, you just you can't be ranked that high as far as number two or number three in the state. Number seven's a really good position for Calhoun County to start at, and I think they can begin their climb and their march up the state rankings uh, pretty quickly they have a lot of solid pieces back josiah suber zion suber quincy edwards quan timpson big body inside dallas george and amazon figgins if he's back healthy is a six foot seven intimidating looking uh post presence just has to clean up his offensive game but i think he's a guy that could really blossom in due time and then zachariah candidate is a high motor high energy uh super athletic six foot three wing forward type guy um, it's just going to come down to Calhoun County. Can they play fast? Can they hit their open corner threes in transition? And can they just make teams wilt with their full court pressure, which they like to play the entire game? And I think they're going to be able to do that 
pretty successfully. I just want to see what they do once they get deep into the state tournament, especially if they see any of these private schools, you know, really just Green Forest, Christian Heritage are the, the two top dogs. They open up number one and number two. Um, I want to see how they can fare against teams like that if they're able to meet them in the state tournament. But I do think Calhoun County should have a good season. Uh, teams that just missed uh, Chattahoochee County, uh, new head coach this year. looks like Sean Glenn is his name. Takes over for Keon Battle. Um, they were 16-8 and eight last year. They only lose their number two score. But Dexter Holloman is back. He's about six foot four wing. Averaged 15-7 last year. Roams around on defense. Blocks some shots. Gets some rebounds. Really good player. Kundaria Kelly and uh, Ramar Daniels, I believe, are supposed to be there as well. So that's a really good nucleus back for Chattahoochee County in Region 6. I would not be surprised to see them get into the top 10 quickly. And then lastly, Clinch County, 12-8, and eight, uh, coming out of Region 2 this year. Made it to the Sweet 16 a season ago. They have everybody back. Uh, Jeremy Bella Jr. averaged 15.7 rebounds. I believe he's a standout football player as a wide receiver. Um, he's going to be able to, if he can replicate what he did last year, he has a lot of help around him. So I do think Clinch County is a team that, sneaky team, uh, could potentially uh, – come up and uh, get that two or three seed, maybe even win the region in Region 2 in Class 1A Division 2. So with that being said, that is a GHSA 2022-2023 boys season preview show. Just touching on a couple storylines in each classification and some teams that just missed out on making it into the preseason top 10. Uh, Looking forward to this season. My, My... Personal season opens up 11-19 at Chesty High School, uh, Sandy Spiel Tip-Off Classic. Then we're back at it 12-3 at Cherokee for the Sandy Spiel Showdown. Um, 12-10 is an all-girls event at Grayson, Sandy Spiel Showcase. And then 12-17 with a couple teams mentioned here earlier today, the Sandy Spiel Shootout at Monroe Area. So I look forward to seeing you all in the gym And stay tuned for the next Spielman and Dylan podcast whenever it will be released.